Praise the Lord to everybody. Um, my name is Minister Watkiss. Um, I'm coming to you again on this on this medium. I think for the last two um, presentation, I pretty much read something that was written or that I wrote some time ago. However, today I'm coming from the top uh, of my head as I share um, another concern. This segment that you've been listening to, um, I've entitled it, Come and Let Us Reason Together. That is the staple, that is the platform, that is the heading of these podcasts that you are hearing. Um, that's the theme, if you will, of the podcast. However, the, um, the message uh, may in fact be titled, and will in fact be titled different. Um, for this uh, theme today, for this message today, I would like to entitle it, um, My Brother's Keeper. My Brother's Keeper. So often, um, from time to time, different types of headings or messages or um, ideas would come to my mind and uh, it would form something that I either would write about, uh, would speak about, will preach about, will teach about. Um, and in the course of uh, this morning, I would say, around about the 12 noon hour, today is uh, Thursday, the, today is the, what, the 16th of April, and um, I was listening to 1010 Winds, and uh, 1010 Winds had uh, Phil Murphy uh, on, governor, and what caught my attention was the fact uh, of how he was giving a report on uh, the Jersey status. And uh, as we are taking a look at this whole cor coronavirus and what's happening and, you know, the the needs of the hospitals and the needs uh, for PPEs and the needs for masks and the needs for gloves and whatnot. But what caught my attention was the fact that uh, he spoke of being um, in, in collaboration with, with other mayors around the country. Um, they've been collaborating and strategizing, putting together their thoughts, their ideas, their plans to safeguard um, the country uh, on a large scope, to safeguard their, uh, their state, to safeguard the people of their communities. And I thought that that was very noteworthy that the governors um, and let's let's put the mayors in the bunch also and all those uh, people local officials and uh, different organizations and you, you look across uh, the news you see that uh, certain stores and restaurants and so forth have not only closed down for the time being but they've decided to be more proactive in that they have uh, put things together to feed the, the homeless, to provide assistance to those who cannot uh, come out. You have your elderly population. You have those who are living uh, on the street. And you have those who have um, uh, lost their jobs because of this uh, the shut-in and this virus. You have those um, who um, have dipped into their accounts. And right now their accounts are dwindling. Um, you have a, a variety of circumstances where people find themselves uh, under, which are not uh, pleasant at all. I did not even mention uh, the uh, 
hundreds of thousands who have died because of this. I did not mention the hundreds of thousands uh, who are uh, infected because of this and those who are asymptomatic uh, as it's been reported. You know, you have folks that's walking around that don't even know they have this thing. Then you have still, unfortunately, and I was glad to hear uh, Governor Cuomo um, gave a time limit. I think Friday at, at some point during the uh, afternoon, evening hour, they're going to implement another uh, approach to this, and that is to to find, um, to pull aside, I don't know what the term I can use here, for those who uh, do not wear masks when they go out on the street. I still see people, and unfortunately, I'm kind of veering off a little bit here, I still see, you know, of all things, parents, uh, mothers with little children, no mask on the child and no mask on the mother. Uh, my wife alerted me uh, just yesterday. I looked out the, the door and saw uh, must have been either a husband or a father uh, and a woman with a young child uh, just just parading up the street. No kind of nothing on them. And I just wonder, I just wonder. Anyway, back to my subject. <clears throat> Governor Phil Murphy, he's, he spoke this morning and um, he spoke about, you know, how they've been collaborating uh, with the other governors and whatnot to bring about uh, or try to address this uh, coronavirus. And it led me, you know, in that brief moment, it, it led me to um, a portion of scripture found uh, in Genesis 4. Uh, and nine, just one verse I would like to just share with you. Uh, the verse reads, And the Lord called, and the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> that again is Genesis 4 and 9. Okay. The response that Cain gave to the creator of existence when asked about his brother. For those that don't know the story, um, the story is of these two brothers, Cain and Abel. Okay, Cain and Abel. Now, apparently, um, within the scripture, God uh, took notice of Abel more so than Cain. Uh, there came a time when these two offered sacrifices unto God. Okay, now there's something to be said about what you offer unto the Lord. You know, we are creatures of habit. You know, we are creatures, you know, I guess the, the, the spirit of Cain, as I sometimes call it. You know, we have that spirit whereby we just, we just give just enough. <laughs> we just reach for any old thing and give that. You know, don't we sometimes do that as gifts? You know, we give gifts to each other and uh, we don't want to be bothered in going out and spending the extra time or uh, to shop or the extra time to decorate, the extra time to make it look nice and pleasing. We just grab anything. We just throw out anything. We just put on anything. That's the way most people are. Not everybody, most people I find. So you had now these two brothers that came and uh, there came a point whereby they made an offering unto the Lord. Back in the Old Testament, um, they did that. Now, Cain, uh, his background, 
is that if, if you want to, I guess it, it comes close to being a farmer, someone that takes care of the ground. You know, you see uh, vegetation, you see uh, fruits, you see uh, greens and, and so forth grow up out of the ground. Uh, and that's pretty much, you know, was his, um, was his background, his, his job. Abel, on the other hand, he took care of the livestock. He took care of the sheep, the goats, and, and so forth. Okay? The time came when these two offered an offering unto God. And what Cain did was that he more than likely got some fruits, some shrubs together, and some vegetation together and whatnot, and just packed it all, made a, made a, a I guess, a fruit basket. I can't even say a good one, but he made a fruit basket. But even if we say he made a good one, even if we say if we said he he did that, he offered that unto God. Abel, on the other hand, decided to offer uh, a livestock, one of the animals. Okay, he offered one of the animals. Now, the response of God was that God was pleased with Abel's offering uh, and not Cain. Well, uh, it, it implies uh, to most people, I guess it does to this minister, when I ask the question, why was God not pleased with Cain's offering? Well, I would think several reasons. Number one, I think the spirit perhaps in which he gave it okay which which may be a small answer the spirit in which he gave the offering more than likely he just grabbed stuff and slung stuff together and just put it to whatever you know make sure that there was enough green and red and orange and pink and whatever just you know put it all together make some kind of basket and offer that and gave that that's one thing of the offering the spirit of which he gave needs to also be examined i don't think by the response of the Lord, I don't think he gave it in the spirit of love. I don't think he gave it in the spirit of, of, of being uh, abased, humbling himself. I don't think he gave it in that type of spirit, but just slap stuff together and say, here, you know, here is my offering. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of in the New Testament uh, when this king gave uh, the talents out and gave one five and gave one three or two and gave the last one one when he came back from his journey to get an account from these people the one that had five made five more the king said well done the one that gave two or three gave two or three in addition to what he was received he's the king said again well done the one that had one he ain't do nothing okay he ain't do nothing <laughs> little bit of ebonics there he did not do anything to be more proper but instead took that one buried it uh, and his reasoning was that he knew that his his king was a hard taskmaster he knew that he reaped where he didn't sow and he knew that you know it was kind of hard and he expected whatever whatever so he took his one and he buried it didn't do anything just like God gives us things he may just give us one and even in the one, had that person used that one and made one more. Okay, let's go with the numbers. If that person had used the one and made half more. If that person used the one and made a quarter more. Right? I believe the same would response would be well done.
And it would be that because the king would realize that he attempted to do something. You hear me? He attempted to use what he had to, to bring about something, to earn something, right? To present something. But instead, what he did, he took the one and he buried it. Because his reasoning was, now this, 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 this guy, this king is too rough. He's too tough. So I'm not going to do nothing but give him back what he gave me. And you know, you know the story. The king came back and got the account of the five, of the three of the two, and then came to the one. And the one said, I didn't do nothing. Look what the king said to him. You sluggard, you lazy. Even if you took that one and gave it to the bank so that I can draw interest. If you didn't want to do anything, give it to the bank. Let them work. You didn't even do that. <laughs> you, didn't do, you didn't do jack. <laughs> you didn't do anything. And so what he had and didn't have was taken from him. I know it's a paradox there, but it's, it's, a, it, it, it's a good study. All that he had was removed from him. Coming back to Cain and Abel. So Cain gave these shrubs. He gave this um, vegetation, whatever. Abel now gave either a fatted calf. He gave something that, that had life in it. God was more pleased with that, right? Not only was Abel's heart in the right position, not only did he give of his best, okay? But we find out um, further on in Scripture, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Abel gave the best that he had, but he also gave a life, okay? In this case now, the life of an animal, okay? The life of an animal. If we go, if we go back, okay? If we go back even into the whole creation story. Remember when Adam and Eve, they sinned? Okay, remember, remember that, you know? They sinned, they hid themselves and whatnot. And God, for the first time now, calls out, Adam, where are you? Never did that before. <laughs> but now God is doing it, Right? And um, the excuses started to flow out. Well, the woman you gave me, she made me to eat this forbidden tree. Okay, forbidden fruit, I should say. Not no apple. Forbidden fruit. Okay. Went to the woman. She gave an excuse. An excuse and then finally, God started to, to lay down the sentence from the serpent to the woman to the man. Part of what took place in this whole thing with Adam and Eve is that the covering that they made for themselves, these, these leaves and these vines and whatever it was, uh, that they've put together was not sufficient to cover them. And then God made coats of skin, which meant that an animal had to be used, something had to be killed, blood had to be shed in order for them to be covered. Okay, this lent itself now as we go into this whole thing of God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, so you see how it all ties in. Now, back to Cain and Abel. Abel gave a fatted calf. God was well pleased because his heart was in the right place. But then God was pleased because blood was shed. Okay, blood was given. Okay, to cover them or to cover in this case him. Okay. So the story goes on. And then now Cain gets jealous of his brother. Abel, 
uh, Abel found favor in God's eye, and that brought about jealousy from Cain. So now Cain does something that has transcended time, okay? He conspired, he plotted, he got jealous, he got envious, okay? All human traits, right? <laughs> All of these things started to surface in him to the point whereby he plotted that this is how I'm going to get rid of this guy, okay? Um, he outshunned me. You know, God, you know, liked him better. The spotlight was on him and not me. Sounds familiar? So he found the space and time where they went out into the field someplace. And if I can just paint the story, an argument ensued. An argument started not by Abel, but by Cain, right? To the point whereby anger became rage. Rage now took over and before you knew it, a brother killed his brother. Killed him dead. Okay, his blood was spilled to the ground. Well, the time came now, according to scripture, where God now um, inquires of Cain, where is your brother? Now, let me just, uh, if I can, just go you know, exp expound a little bit further in, in this whole issue right here. God asks the question, right? Just as God asks of Adam, um, what have you done? Part of the quality of, of, of the Lord is that um, God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent and God is omniscient. Omnipotent meaning all power. All power. We're not talking about no bullets and bombs, no beyond that. All power. Power that sustains the sun to burn and give life and keep that sun exactly where it's supposed to be hung in space. Power to keep that, that planet burning and burning. You and I, as I often say, will turn to dust. And a new generation, and a new generation, and a new generation, and a new generation, and a new... I can go on and on and on until God says, okay, that's enough. That sun will continue to burn and emit energy for all of us to live. Take away the sun, we're dead. But God, in his infinite power, keeps that, that globe, that planet, continuously burning and burning and burning and emitting heat, emitting light to keep each and every one alive on this planet. He keeps all of the bodies, the solar bodies in their places. That's power. No human being can do it. We know how to kill each other. <laughs> we know how to do that. But we cannot create power. Only God can. God is omnipresent which means he's here, there, all at the same time. Sometimes when you start to read the scripture, you know, um, to paraphrase, uh, the writer says in the Old Testament, you know, if I go and ask the rocks to cover me, guess what? God is there. You get a rock and go in a cave and go wherever. Guess what? The Lord is there. You can fly into the moon, go into the deepest part of the ocean. Guess what? God is there. But not only is he there, he's in China, Botswana, India, uh, mention any part of this geographical world. He's there all at the same time. Omni, many, present. Okay? He's omnipresent. 
The other thing um, that needs uh, to be take, taken note of is that God is omniscient. The reason I lift up omniscient for last, as I had mentioned back with uh, Adam and Eve, when God asks Adam, where are you? What have you done? God already knew it. So the question that somebody might ask, well, if you know, why ask? If he know it already, why is he asking? One of the things that we find out of God is that God still allows time for us to fess up, to give an account of ourselves. His mercy and his grace endures forever. He still allows that. He still allows, even the midst, in the midst of our sin, of our shortcoming, God still allows us to get to the place of saying, I am guilty, forgive me. Right? So he asks of, of, of Adam, you know, what have you done? God already knew it. But he wanted Adam to get to a place of saying, it is my fault. One of the things that we learn about sin that we have done from day one, rather than saying, it's me, I'm guilty, <laughs> I'm to blame. I'm not going to look for anybody to blame but me. We don't do that. If I can just digress here for a little bit, that's why with this uh, uh, past president, uh, Obama, now he didn't do everything right. I'm not going to say no no angel come from heaven because he did some things that I, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, brother, hold up now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree at all with that. But the thing that I liked about him is that when he came into office, he said, and I can remember him saying, I, I am going to make some, some, some mistakes. I am going to do that. You know, and when it's made... Guess what? I'm going to take ownership of it. I, I love that. I love it. Okay, here is a man, not a not a not a not a, a child in in a in a playpen, you know, kicking up dust, talking about, you know, I have the had the the largest inauguration and 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 now the latest. I want my name on the on the stimulus check. Stupid, moronic. Obama took ownership of mistakes. If I make the mistake, it's on me. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand on the carpet. Okay. Come to me. It's, it's my doing. So we talk about God's omniscient. Okay. Being omniscient. He asks Adam, uh, rather than Adam saying, it's my fault. Look what he, look what he does. Don't look, don't look at me. It's her. And you gave her to me. It's your fault. <laughs> it's her fault. It's everybody's fault, but mine. Again, sounds familiar, right? Is everybody fault? No, we heard in 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 January that this pandemic is come. Is everybody's fault, but mine? Doesn't that sound familiar? All right. So we leave now, Adam and Eve. We come now to Cain and Abel, and I'm just about finished here. With Cain and Abel, now when God asks Cain, "Where is your brother?" Look at his response. What are you asking me for? Where's my brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Again, the Lord knew what Cain had done. What would happen now had Cain had a great remorse and said, you know, what have I done? I have killed my only brother. What have I done? And then the Lord asked him and he would bow down and cried and whatever. Perhaps God would have been a bit merciful with him and, and, maybe punish him a little bit, okay, but had mercy on him because that's a recurrent um, attitude, if you will, or re recurrent uh, 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 gesture, if you will, or recurrent action of God. Remember the woman caught in adultery? 
Remember that story, right? They done found her and, and, and dragged her to Jesus. <laughs> you know, started gathering up, gathering up stones to stone her and then started quoting some law. Moses said, so-and-so now stone her. What do you say? God said, listen, you Negroes, go someplace and sit your tails, <laughs> tails down. You know, just ignored them, started writing and whatnot. So they pressed them. Moses said such and such, and it was trying to entrap him between a law of Moses, okay, because if he said, stone her, then he's not merciful. If he said, let her go, then he's not obeying Moses. So he's, he's caught in betwixt and between, so they thought. Jesus says, all right, I'll tell you what, let's do it this way. Let him who is without sin, here, here's the stone, cast this stone at her. And then sometimes I like to paint the picture, you know, I guess somebody started to make a gesture, but somebody held their hands back and said, no, no, don't, don't you, no, no, brother, because I saw you with her last week. Don't you dare. <laughs> somebody else tried to, try to make some kind of move to stone her and say, uh, 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 okay, don't you do it because I know you have a racket going, coming out of your house. You follow my point. So one by one, as Jesus went back and started riding on the ground, you know, they started to just vanish. You know, they just started to vanish. Interesting enough, when they all were gone, guess who was stand was was left standing? Was but the woman standing right there, and 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 it's it's noteworthy that um, she was guilty, no doubt, but she did something that Adam didn't do. She did something. That Cain didn't do. She stood right there wait, awaiting her sentence. Isn't that striking? And Jesus got up, looked around and says, Woman, where, where are your accusers? And she replied, there is, there is none. Look what Jesus did. Well, you know what? There's none. They don't accuse you. Guess what? I don't accuse you either. Now, now don't, don't go back and do that again, sister. You know, come on, get out of that. Come on. God has made you stronger and better than that. That's how God responds. Coming back to Cain. Who am I? Am I brother's keeper? So God, I would think, gave Cain the opportunity to fess up. He didn't do that. Okay, he didn't do that. That spirit, what I call the spirit of Cain, has transcended time. To where we are in 2020 of April the 16th. Okay. It has transcended time. So this morning, Phil Murphy. I heard uh, Governor Murphy give his report. And it brought me back to this, um, this verse of scripture. Because uh, in these times in which we're living in. Yes, we're supposed to be each other's keeper. And thank God many are responding Okay, are responding in that manner. Thank God again, the store owners. Thank God those nurses. I, I used to work in a in a long term uh, facility, healthcare facility. Thank God I retired last year. But my heart goes out to my brothers and sisters at Kohler Memorial Hospital. My heart goes out to those folks that are still there that are working in these conditions. They still need for PPEs, personal personal protective equipment. They still need for gloves. They still need for, not only that, I have friends of mine who have been shipped to other institutions. Elmhurst, amen, hardest hit. I have friends of mine who are there, amen. Friends who are, who are there, amen, who are still 
uh, 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 Brother Chandler, a man that comes to my mind, who's, who's still there trying to make sure that they keep themselves fit because when they leave there, when they clock out, they have to go home to families. And with some of these workers in these institutions, you have your paramedics, you have your your your, your police, you have your ambulance, uh, you have your fire department, all of these people who put their lives on the line, the nurses in the OR and whatnot, they put their lives on the line when they finish. Sometimes you see the commercial of some of them taking the mask off their, their face and you can see the indentation of their mask that they've been wearing this thing for hours. You see it on them. So your heart goes out to these people. Wish I could say that my heart goes out to the federal government. These clowns, as I call them, these morons, and the chief one, amen, that, that I just heard his, his daughter now is, going to, is not going to wear nothing. She's going to go someplace and get on some plane or wherever to go someplace, someplace, whatever. These people who are supposed, you know, it, it's, it just, Lord have mercy. These, these folks that to me, <laughs> Lord, we talk about a constitution, okay? Actually, actually they draw the, the, the thickest mucus and spit from their mouth to spit on this thing called the constitution, okay? And even that needs to be examined. They wear these little pins on their lapel, lapel you know. Uh, they, they t they've taken some oath, whatever that nonsense means, <laughs> to, to, to safeguard, to protect, you know, to see about the welfare of the people. No, but instead, they're seeing about the welfare of their own pockets. They're seeing about the welfare of their own family. They're seeing about the welfare of their own businesses, Mar-a-Lago. They're seeing about the welfare of, of their own little constituents. You have folks who have tried to pass laws to make sure that the American people, the American people, you know, uh, uh, is, a, is a phrase now that is used. The American people, remember some years ago, the babies, the children, the children, the babies, the children. Every time I hear the children or the American people with some of these folks, you wish you could slap them. But, but, but they use these phrases now, okay, to speak nonsense, okay, to pass idiotic laws, right? They use these things to, 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 to protect their own self-interest. And the unfortunate thing about this whole thing is that you have a segment of the country who are just either, I'm on radio, <laughs> so, so I have to watch what I say. You have these automatons, these buffoons, these these. Okay, I'll, I'll stop there because some other words are coming. I can't use those on this podcast. But my, my thought here, brothers and sisters, on this segment called Come and Let Us Reason Together. My thought here is my brother's keeper. To the, so for the, to the governors, to the mayors, to all those who have made and are making some attempt to provide some healing, comfort, safety, encouragement to the pastors who have been using uh, podcasts, been using Zoom and these other platforms to keep in contact with 
encourage your membership to all those who are rolling up their sleeves, washing their hands, putting on the gloves to make sandwiches and to bag food stuff, to await people who are coming in the droves because they're running out, to help them in whatever manner that uh, they can. I say God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Take care.